All right. Hey, so you still see the band sitting up here this morning. And Matt, can you bring me down to the hair? I feel like I am echoey a little bit. Um, I'm going to bring this down, Aaron, so you have to bring it back up with your great muscles of strength. Um, hey, so this morning what's going to be happening is this, you know, we do worship Sundays uh, several times a year. So usually we do them around holidays, the idea because we recognize there are smaller crowds. And so it's just a great time to come, extended worship. And so this morning, kind of expectation of what to expect, how it's going to work is this. We so. We've done worship announcements, and I'm going to do like these little sermonettes, these three little kind of breakdown points of teaching around the book of James uh, and, and looking at James 1, 1 through 12. And then I'm going to have some exercises, kind of some time of worship and time of prayer for you after those. So we'll worship for a couple of songs. Then I'll come back up, do a little more teaching, and then we'll go into their time of worship and prayer. Um, and so this morning, again, in this, there's just a level of freedom for y'all. It's like as we're in worship, it's like communion's available the entire time, so you can come and take uh, communion anytime that you would like. We'll have ministry time at the end of the ministry teams, uh, but I encourage you this morning um, just to take some time as we worship and as we pray to really engage Jesus. It's one of those things, I think you can worship a lot of times and actually never engage Jesus as you do it, which isn't actually worship, it's just singing, right? And so this morning, I invite you to sing, but I primarily ask that you worship, which is as I sing, I'm intentionally connecting to and listening to Jesus. And so if there's anything we learn in the context of worship is that worship is very, very different from singing, right? We can sing in worship, but worship is all about that connection with Jesus. And so I'm going to kind of lead you in some of those times of prayer in the context of worship to help you connect with Jesus. It'll be good. So we have officially started our small group campaign as of today, and we're looking at studying the book of James together. And so just real quick, if you have not signed up for a small group yet, it is not too late. They start this week. And so Scott and and Robert will be outside again at their computers with no succulents, and they'd be happy uh, to sit down and to talk with you and help you get connected into a small group. Uh, If you are a young adult, like 25 and younger, whether you are married or single, in college or out of college, uh, or not in college, Randall actually leading a group of that age group. And so if you know somebody like that who's not connected, we will be leading a James small group at our house. And uh, we'd love to have y'all. All right. So let me pray for us. Then we're going to go back in. I'm going to just do this teaching time here in the beginning. And uh, then we're going to go back into worship. So, Father, we are thankful for your presence. God, even as we as we stopped the singing portion and got into announcements and then we got into this teaching time, I, I recognize, Jesus, that all of this is worship. All of it, God, as we do it unto you to glorify you, it is worship. And so this morning, I pray, Jesus, that you would quiet our hearts before you. I pray you would quiet our minds. We just acknowledge, Jesus, this morning that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. God, there's an authentic and real enemy that's opposing us this morning because he fears who we are and who he knows, who, who we, who he knows we're becoming because of your love for us, that you're growing us and shaping us and maturing us. And so, Father, we pray this morning that you just quiet the voice of our enemy. I pray this morning, God, that you would confuse his efforts and that, Father, you would raise up yourself, that you would glorify self, yourself this morning. That Jesus in our hearts that, and in our minds, Jesus, that you would, that you would bring breakthrough. 
for continued salvation. You're saving us from self. You're saving us from the enemy. You're saving us from sin every day, Jesus. And we just say, Lord, you do this powerful work this morning of salvation. Jesus, we love you. We pray this in your name. James chapter 1, in your Bibles, they can kind of be hard to read with the lights where they are. So just follow on the screen. Again, I want you, to, I want you to, to, to read this from the screen and to hear it as the words of the Lord. It's not just a book that we're reading from. It's the words of the Lord just speaking this morning. James is very direct. James doesn't beat around the bush. He's, that's why it's like he takes, he takes what we would probably say in 30 chapters and just succinctly puts it in like five or six, right? It's like he just says, this is just matter of fact. This is this truth, right? So I want you to, to receive. There's lots of weight behind the things that he's saying. And we've looked at this first last week. James 1, uh, starting in verse 1, says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plants, blossoms, falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love, who love him. James, as we've said already last week, he's writing to the entire church surrounding Jerusalem who's been forced out of Jerusalem into the surrounding region. It's called the Great Dispersion, the Diaspora. Basically, there was persecution that broke out in Jerusalem and the church literally had to flee in fear of their life. So it's obviously been a very difficult season for all of them. And he is writing to the 12 tribes, he's saying that to all of the church in the surrounding region, he's writing to encourage them in their faith. He's writing to encourage them and how they handle these very, very difficult circumstances. These difficulties and hardships, they are tangible for them. Literally, fear for your life type stuff. So when he names them as trials they are facing in verse 2, you have to recognize these trials are a very big deal. Like these are life-threatening. Their life is in the balance. They're, they're having to flee in the night type things. These trials that they are facing in their life. But in their trials, and I love this, James's expectation is not failure. Like he's not expecting them to fail. He's instead expecting growth. 
He's expecting this growth and maturity. He reminds them, like he encourages them, he challenges them to change their perspective. Hey, I want you to consider something you haven't considered, right? I want you to consider it pure joy. What? No, consider it pure joy. He reminds them of this, right? And and this change of their perspective on trials and difficulties. And he says, I want you to see it with joy because here's the point. Your trials always are a gift to grow your faith into maturity. Like if there's... Anything we hear this morning, the heartbeat of what James is is wanting to, to bring about in our lives is this, our trials, our trials, they are a gift to grow your faith into maturity. James doesn't try to explain the trials, right? He doesn't try to give understanding on why we are going through them. He doesn't try to blame it all on the enemy. No, he just tells them that every person... Every person will go through them, that God is using them always to grow them into maturity so that they won't be lacking anything. Then in verse five, he tells them, now, listen, you can kind of the the unspoken here is like, I know this is hard. Like, I know what I'm saying doesn't make much sense. Right. So in the moment of trials, in the moment of hardship, in the moment of difficulty, I want to give you a promise to lean on. If you are lacking wisdom on how to handle this, of how to walk through these trials into maturity with joy, like in in a sense, you could say he gets it. I understand. So I can't give you the wisdom. I can't give you the understanding. I can't make you understand. But I want to turn you to Jesus. Because when you go, just go ask for wisdom and he will give it. Like that's this. Really matter of fact piece, James is like, you can say, well, James, I don't understand. I don't either, but just go ask. Because he's faithful always to give wisdom. James, here, listen, for James, this isn't a cheap throwaway answer like you do with your kids. Like, well, why? Like, I don't know. Just go ask your mom, right? It's like, no, he's like, no, listen, it's not a throwaway. He's like, listen, I don't know the answer, but I want you to go. If you will go ask Jesus for wisdom, of what you're going through, if you will lean into him, right? It is the only answer that he can give with confidence that will satisfy their greatest need in the middle of their trial. James believed, and he wanted all of his readers, including us, to believe that when we are facing trials of the greatest magnitude, that when we slow down, when we stop and we ask for wisdom in the middle of our difficulty, right? Changing our perspective, That God will grant wisdom. That he will grant wisdom in the middle of our difficulty. And that he will move. So as we come back into worship this morning, I want to invite you to close your eyes before the Lord. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What are the trials that we are facing? Just ask the Lord this morning. God, what are the trials? What are you experiencing? What are you suffering? What are you dealing with? What are the hardships that you're going through? What are the things you have questions about? What are the things that you're wrestling? Right? The, for, the, for, the re, for, the, for the original readers of the letter of James, with these life-threatening pieces, and for us, honestly, these seem very similar very often our own trials, our own struggles. And so I want to invite you, what does that look like? 
What's God speaking in that for you? And I want you to take some time in worship this morning. And just be aware of where do you need wisdom? And this morning in worship, whether you stand up as the music starts or you remain seated before the Lord in prayer, I invite you just to slow down. I invite you to stop this morning and in faith, trusting that God is faithful, ask God for his movement of wisdom in your life. Be honest about your trial. Be honest of your need for wisdom and ask him to let's worship. So as James continues along, he starts giving this idea of hey, listen, when you pray, you must believe. And so James makes a, a very clear and defined point here to tell his readers that, that when they pray, they should believe and they shouldn't doubt. It is important for us to recognize, this is important, that a, a doubt, that doubt, it is a legitimate barrier in our lives. Doubt questions the power of God. Doubt questions the ability of God. Doubt ultimately causes us to honestly question the goodness of God and his love for us. But there is a big difference between experiencing doubt in a moment and then embracing doubt as a lifestyle. Each of us in difficult moments of life, we all come face to face with doubt. Questions about God's goodness and his love for us are they're posted by an internal voice inside of us and we find ourselves experiencing coming face to face with doubt and how do we respond how we respond that's the key for James the expectation is not that we don't experience that or come face to face with doubt but when it comes the idea is that we see it for what it is we move past it and we express faith our steps here are like the father in Mark chapter 9. I encourage you to read the story who comes asking Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus tells the boy's father that belief and faith are required when asking. And the father gives us the response of someone who is experiencing doubt, but he's fighting against it when he says, and this is a beautiful phrase, says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but I have this doubt that's coming up. I hear this internal voice, right? We all experience this in the context of the life. The father, he had this level of belief, but he was struggling. And in his struggle of being honest, he asked Jesus for grace. He asked Jesus to help him. And I believe this begins to speak to the heart of James and our struggle against doubt. Our steps, our steps should be like the Father. We come in and we acknowledge our weakness. We name our struggle. We express our level of faith. I do believe to this point, right? But help my unbelief. We ask God to meet us where we are and empower us the rest of the way. I believe that James is challenging all his readers to recognize when they're experiencing doubt, when they, when they had this moment, this crisis of faith, this moment when the eternal voice just begins, the, in, the internal, not eternal, the internal voice begins to question and to pose questions in that moment, right? We're experiencing doubt. We're seeing it for what it is. But in that moment, we say, I see it. And I have this level of belief that I know that you can, and I know that you're good, 
and I know that, God, you love us, and I know that you fight, and I know that you can do all things, but I'm struggling. Would you help me connect from here to faith? Because I can't do it in my own strength. I need your help. And this would have to be the heartbeat of James. Because you take all the scripture and you put it together and all the writers and in the context, even the story with Jesus and recognizing James can't be saying, hey, just having a level of doubt is that's man, you can't expect God to do anything. No, he's saying when you come to, to this place of doubt, you can't give in to it. It can't define your life. It can't be the defining care. You can't just bow down and say, oh, yes, this is not going to happen. I just not going to happen. No, God, I know that you can do all things. I know that you are good. I have faith to believe. Help the areas, Lord, where I'm struggling with unbelief. And just as he is going to grant wisdom, then we believe that he will grant faith. That he will meet us and say, yes, thank you. I will now meet you and I will fill in and I will overwhelm and I will move in your life. And so this morning, I want to invite us again into a time of prayer. Where are you experiencing doubt? Again, putting in the context of the story, in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your hardships, in the midst of your oppression, in the midst of the weight that seemingly is like you just can't get your head above water. You can't quite get ahead in these moments, right, where you've come to this crossroads saying, does God really even care? Is God moving? God, where are you? God, I'm struggling. You've got to help. Be honest. Tell them where you are on the crossroad this morning as we come into worship. And say, God, this is me being honest. I really do believe and know. But here's where I'm struggling. God, can you help me? I believe. God, can you help my unbelief? And so, Jesus, as we come back into worship, we invite you, Lord, to speak into this place of struggle. We ask, Jesus, that you would take those, Lord, who are at a crossroad of belief and of faith this morning, a crisis of faith as we call it. We pray this morning for each of them this morning, Jesus, that they would see that cross for the difference of embracing versus experiencing in the moment. Thomas struggled with belief and you met him. So, no, 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 let me show you. Father, what a testimony of your love and your faithfulness that we're struggling. You'll meet us. And so this morning we're asking for that breakthrough of, of belief and of trust and of confidence and of taking all these trials and seeing them with joy because we know you're using them to mature us in our faith so we are immovable, God. Because the next time, Jesus, when we get to the crossroad, Lord, we've grown in our faith and it's a lot less dark when we get there because we know that you're faithful. So this morning, Jesus, as we pray, and as we worship, would you meet us in that place? Let's worship in prayer. Yes, Jesus. James shifts gears and he starts talking with the believers in humble circumstances, not to take pride in their high position, and, and the rich to take their pride in their humiliation. It's just, What's James saying? And put it in kind of the context of this season. You, 
James is basically coming back in another, in another way, saying, listen, it's like you have to recognize the trials you're going through. You may not be rich and rich and be able to hide yourself, to guard yourself, to, to, to keep yourself immune to this. But the reality is this trial you're going through, actually, it actually brings you to a higher place. It ultimately brings you to this place of maturity. And so the idea of this is don't look to try to find a way out, but the idea is trying to find a way to follow Jesus in it. Recognizing that there's growth and that there is breakthrough. We're not trying to, to make ourselves immune, to pay ourselves out of it in a sense. But the idea of like literally taking our step through and then he shifts gears in the end and starts coming down in verse 12. says, now the one who perseveres, right? Talk about this idea, the one who perseveres in this trial, they, they will receive the crown of life. This idea of you can just think of the perseverance in the context of a, of a race that we're running. You have to persevere. It's difficult, right? I don't care. Like, listen, if you're like me and out of shape and you run like a quarter of a mile, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's got to persevere, right? Because your lungs are screaming at you. Everything in your brain is telling you just stop, right? This doesn't make any sense. God didn't design you to have to do this. It's okay to slow down. It's okay just to lay down and take a nap. It's going to be okay, right? Like in our lives, that's where we get to, isn't it? It gets so hard. The trials come. He says, no, you have to persevere. You have to persevere for the crown of life. And here's the interesting thing about this. This, isn't, this is not talking about the crown of life for salvation, it's not talking the kind of life for salvation because the kind of life for salvation isn't something we persevere for and earn by our action. That's a free gift given for those who believe what he's really talking about here is another language of talking about growing in maturity. This idea of growing to the kind of life here, it's speaking about a reward in a sense given for accomplishing a task that's been given to us, a, a higher quality and deeper walk with Jesus, a greater place of maturity. How many of you have either been through a hardship or you've been through a trial and you get to the other side and you say, I never want to do that again, but I'm thankful I went through it because I'm in a different place with Jesus today. I've received a different crown of life because of persevering through this trial. And that's what James is getting at. And the idea is just saying, guys, we can't lose sight of what we're going after. When you run, right, like when you're running a race, for those of you who did it, like maybe it was a long time ago, right? You're sitting there running the race, and what, what are you looking at? You're looking at the ground in front of you, looking at the runner in front of you, but you're always doing this to see where the end is, right? Because if you can see the end, you can see the prize set before you saying, my gosh, I don't want to, but I'm going to run because that's worth it. That's worth it. And I would say this morning, James is just very simply, I think, would very directly say to us, listen, we can talk all day long about the whys and the hows of the trials and what's going on. But I want you to hear me say, let's not ask that question. Let's just persevere. Let's ask for wisdom along the way. But let's persevere in the trial. Let's grow and mature in where we're going. And let's not give up. These trials, man, they're overwhelming, but never give up. Therefore, the goal of this morning 
in these trials is to focus our eyes on the prize of His coming blessing this morning, of His breakthrough and of His movement. We keep our eyes on these things. We, we take our eyes, in a sense, off of the hardship and we look to the prize. If I only look at and think about the hardship I'm experiencing while running, then it slows me down. But if I say, no, I set my eyes here, and James is just directly saying, listen, I know it's hard. He's not discounting that. He's not being insensitive. He's just saying, but, but you really can't do anything but keep on going. Right? It's just super practical. You just, just okay, ask for wisdom, but you just got to keep going. You can't stop. That's worth it right there. You have to set your eyes and say, that's where I'm going. No ifs, ands, or buts. This is hard, Jesus. I'm asking for wisdom. God, I'm asking for faith because I, I am questioning, but I set my eyes on you, Jesus, and I'm going to continue to run. And so this morning, as we come to this last time of prayer and of ministry time, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to have to release part of the band, and then we're just going to go into ministry time. I want to invite you this morning and hear this super with great compassion from me. I want to invite you this morning to shift vision from the trash pile of hardship that you see, right? It just, man, stuff happens. It's overwhelming. We either focus on that. Or God says this morning through James, just shift vision and consider it pure joy when you face these trials and hardships because you know it grows your perseverance so that you can become mature and complete and lacking nothing. And this is actually worthwhile. It's overwhelming. It's going to bring you to a crossroad of faith. It's going to bring doubt before you, but don't give in. Just ask Jesus to help you. Ask for wisdom in the moment. And let's shift vision and let's run for the prize we now have our eyes set on. Super practical. There's no, like, getting back here saying, let me explain everything to you. Let me do apologetics and under, give all the understanding. Let me give you all the ethics. No, he's just saying, let's just, let's just go. And I just want to invite you just to go to Jesus this morning. And so, Father, this morning, as, as we come to this moment, God, as we, as we come into this time of ministry, Jesus, We ask this morning for breakthrough. We ask, God, that you would meet us with this measure of faith. We pray that you would give us understanding that it's not just best to say, well, that's hard. I'm going to buy my way out of it and come over here and, and live insulated. Know that there is something valuable for our perseverance and maturity, God, of, of going into and moving through the trial that we're in. And I pray this morning this for wisdom and that you would change us. And so, Lord, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So this morning we're officially going to go into ministry time. And we have offering baskets here, as you always do. We have communion available here. And we'll have ministry teams on both sides. And, and I just simply want to invite you. I want to invite you to come and allow the Lord to move. I invite you where you are just to continue in this path of of perseverance and allowing God to move. 
Letting God speak this morning. Live being honest about where you are. And allow God to know. I'll come back up in a few minutes and I'll pray us out. But I, I invite you. I ask and implore you. Maybe respond to the Lord this morning in a way that you never have before. So respond as the Lord leads. I'll come back up in a few minutes and I'll pray us out. Jesus. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you, God, for the way that you always move. We love the way that you move, Jesus. Father, we confess just to you how how apt we are to always try to control our own lives. How apt we are to set expectations of exactly how you're supposed to move and when you're supposed to move. And in that expectation, Lord, we get let down because we've held on to something that we've said rather than something that you've said. And so this morning I'm asking Jesus that you would raise an expectancy, but God, that we would surrender to your Lordship and say your will be done. Your timing, your breakthrough, your grace poured out. And so, Jesus, I pray right now, Jesus, I just believe the Lord just wants to shift perspective. He just wants you to see something that he sees this morning in a way that he sees it that you've never seen before. As it relates to your life, as it relates to your marriage, as it relates to your children, as it relates to your job, as it relates to your calling in the Lord. He just wants to shift that perspective this morning. And so, Jesus, we surrender and say, you're Lord of everything. So, Jesus, shift this morning our perspective to see things with you see them. Bless you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to stay in worship this morning. Uh, so I'm going to stay. You can. I release you. So Elizabeth will be out there. We'll have some stuff going on with our small group. You can sign up for those. Uh, but we can stay here and worship if you would like for a little bit. You guys have a great week. Uh, y'all be in prayer for our Scotland mission team. They leave today for 12, 13 days. And uh, just be praying for breakthrough and God's movement in that team and then through that team. You guys have a great week.